Hi everyone and welcome to episode 144 of Mighty White's podcast. Uh, titled it Sorrow, which would have been more accurate on like Sunday, Saturday, Sunday and Monday. I'm now just in a melancholy state of knowing things will never be as good again. I'm Jack, as always joined by Casey. Now then. Uh, we'll just get straight into it then, because there's no else to talk about. How hard did it hit you when you saw that Bielsa was going? Whether that be the official announcement or, you know, an hour after an hour after the Spurs game when we all knew. Oh, you mean two minutes after the game when Phil Hay sacked Marcelo Bielsa? Yeah, if by I, the way... If, I, if I've read this correctly. By the way, if you're one of the people that was tweeting Phil Hay, kindly fuck off and learn what a journalist does. <laughs> Yeah, no, no, fuck, no, fuck Phil Hay. He did this to us. <laughs> he took him away after he made his money off that man's back. Yeah, uh, um, I think we all kind of knew it was coming after that game. Obviously, the, the the speculation that was coming out didn't help. I was given a little bit of hope that didn't happen on Saturday. That there was that there might have been someone in there who who'd managed to talk them round, depending on if you believe the stories on that Angus Kinnear being the I'll man be fighting. Honest, I have heard, I have seen those rumours, but I don't buy it, to be honest. Um, but, yeah, I, I think we knew it was coming. And it's yeah. it's this it's this never-ending circle of just, I love Marcelo, I never want him to leave. But he has to change. But he won't change. So we lose. But I don't want him to leave. <laughs> yeah, it was a bit of a uh, a never-ending circle, wasn't it, with things like that? Because I, as it goes, was on talks about talking about him before the scum game, and again the day he got sacked, and I found myself saying, "Hand on heart, I think we were going to get relegated with him," but I also absolutely wanted him to stay till the end of the season. Which isn't really, which is quite a hard position to sort of justify. But the thing is that the more I think, at, at the time I was thinking, I think we'll go down with him. I think we'll go down without him. If if then you stick with him because I think he's the best chance we've got. Mm. Uh, I was absolutely devastated when he went. Like genuine to the extent that I like said to someone at work because I had to work that day. Can you cover me for ten minutes? It didn't get me so bad that I couldn't function or anything, but I genuinely needed a minute. Like I was really struggling I, to get my head around it, and I just, I just can't, I can't. It's, I just really, really, really didn't want it to end this way. No, it is the problem with management that invariably it's it's how it ends. You know, there's a very few get to to leave, like Pep Guardiola leaves clubs typically. Mm. You know. It's it's more often than not you're sacked. Um, yeah, I mean for me, I, I I shed a tear. I think I got into a, you know a bit of a rabbit hole of clips of of goals under him, starting with the Stoke game, and and you see again just every time I see it, the clip, the the comment of uh, if Joe Allen's pushed any further back, he'll be playing for Liverpool, and you know, yeah. Um, and it, and it just gets you because because he's so. One, it, it's it's the best football I've ever seen Leeds play in in any era. Yeah. Um. You, you say what you want about the the way we played in the Champions League and things like that, and it, it was very swashbuckling. 
But tactically, it was nothing. It was just get it forward, get it in the middle. So it was seemingly the tactic. Well, um, we'll come to that. <laughs> um, yeah, it's like that. And I know football's moved a long way, and you know, Grayson's. I think Grayson's football was sort of similar in style to the Champions League when we when that team was going good. You know, it it was good players being good players, but I don't think there was much actual tactical structure there mm. to it. Whereas this is this has been so regimented, but again, whenever it worked, it it just looked fantastic. Yeah, I've seen there's been a lot of people on Twitter and they are right saying, oh, well, you can't mention him in the same breath as Don Levy. And because of everything that Don Levy did and how much we won, they are absolutely right. But what you have to remember is if you're our age or younger, we're both 32. Hmm. If you're our age or younger, you never saw the Levy team in the 70s. And Howard Wilkinson, the only bit of it you saw was the end when it was shite. Hmm. And David O'Leary's tea. David O'Leary, as much as I I still like O'Leary, he gave me some of my best memories as a kid but with that team, but he doesn't hold a candle to what Marcelo Bielsa is. So that's why he gets mentioned in those breaths, because to us, he's the closest we've got. And it isn't just that he was, you know, that the tactics were what they were and we played great football and it was fantastic to watch. And it gave you something to look forward to. He also just seemed like, you know, no one's perfect every now and then. He did something I disagreed with, but basically Kiko, that was about it. I, it was so nice having a manager that you, I always trusted to do the right thing. Even if, it, even if he picked a team I disagreed with, I trusted him. And that came both for on-field and off-field stuff. I just think he's a thoroughly good bloke and he deserved better. And the way that it got leaked and that everyone knew he was gone before it was confirmed really stung. Mm. Yeah, it, it, it was it was tough to take was, was seeing that. And, you know, having seen Radrizani's video that he put out, I, I thoroughly accept that he is not as emotionally attached to all this as we are. Um, and that his motives will will mostly be financially, you yeah. know. We have to we have to stay up. Yeah. And and, and I I understand it. And, and when I listened to him, I thought he he is reasonable about this. If if you if this was a business that was performing like this, you would not look at the man running the company and think, ah, you know what? Let's give him another six months to see if he turns this around based on. Mm current trend like you just wouldn't so so i understand why why the decision was made i just i just don't agree with it still yeah well um, one of the things i've got written down here is was it time if you'd have asked me saturday sunday or monday i would have said 100 percent no i still lean I, I still lean towards no but i am now not now that some of the um, emotional side of it has calmed down a bit and I can be a bit more logical about it. I think I could probably go as far as saying it's a 50-50 call. I think that's the best credit I could give them. 
And unfortunately, it does come down to a very simple thing. If we stay up, good call. If we don't, horrendous call. Because if we'd have gone down with Marcelo Bielsa, I think the fan base could have forgiven that. Mm. If we sack Marcelo Bielsa and go down, they're not going to forgive that. I know I won't. No. Um, It's like I say, I, I, I am pretty like you said about fifty-fifty. It's it's that it's that constant dialogue you have to have with you, where you just they go just just please get rid of the man marking at set pieces at least just 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 little things like that and and you know he won't <laughs> and it's it's something yeah but it will make things better like there's yeah. I I trust in you wholly Marcel but we are shit at defending corners yeah you can't I tell me we have to just keep trying to do it better. It's one of them where I can't remember if I said it to you in, in like the pub or I said it to you on the podcast. But I did say there was a couple of times where I said, I am fucking done with man marking. And he, like I was completely done with man marking to the extent that I was fuming about it. And I didn't blame Marcelo Bielsa for it, even though it is completely down to him. <laughs> it's such a weird... I've never... Like, don't get me wrong, I was fuming when we sacked Simon Grayson because he got screwed over completely. Mm. But it wasn't like this. I've... I... It is like a... Not as much... Obviously, it's not as much as an actual death in the family. I have had one recently. It was horrendous. You're saying it's not on par. But it does feel like grief. I I think I... I think I heard, so I saw somewhere someone say it was like having a dog, like a ten-year-old dog, that you knew had to be put down. Like I've never owned a pet for that long, so Guys. I don't know. But it was, I, I could, I can. The sentiment I think is about right there that you sort of know we have to, we have to do something about this. Yeah. Like from a purely logical standpoint. You couldn't look at those last three games, which I know we weren't going to win anyway. But, well, two of those three, I feel like we probably could have got something against Spurs. But I know, like, I, if a League One team had Liverpool in the FA Cup, I would have expected them to defend better than we did in that game. Yeah. And, and like you say, I look at that, just, these are the changes we want. It, 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 we can all see this. Um, but it's like no, we just we just need to do what we do better. And like, but that's clearly not working now. Yeah, well, I remember going on the way to the Spurs game because obviously our pre-Spurs podcast went a bit long because we ended up talking about the tactics for quite a while because there was quite a few options, and in the end, we did get it pretty much right. But. I then, when we went to go to the Spurs game, I got I, I got round to my dad's beforehand, and I started talking to him about it, and saying, "Oh, I think this is the most interesting lineup of the season because there's all of these options." And he went, "Look, Jack, it's not going to matter. <laughs> it's not going to make a shite of difference what team we pick here. The same things are going to happen. We're going to get overrun. They're going to get in behind the fullback. Someone's going to go running through the middle from their back three." 
it's just and I mean he was exactly right. He could not have been more right. But just doesn't make it said, hurt any less. But having said that, he was still just like me going, Oh, I, I don't want them to get rid of him. It's such a it's such an odd situation. It's just because he is he's the best of us. And he's not just made us a better team on the pitch, he's made us better off the pitch. We've somehow ended like just as a fan base, someone seems to be doing something really good and charitable every week that goes all over Twitter. The players keep doing really charitable things and that raising all this money. And there just seems to be from the top because of Marcelo Bielsa, Leeds is a better team to support. A squad is full of nicer people. I genuinely believe Leeds is a better place to be as a city now. Mm. There's still going to be drunk idiots on a Saturday night and stuff like that, but I genuinely believe it's a better place purely because Marcelo Bielsa is here. Well, was here. He's made it better. Even though he lived in Weatherby. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's. I, I think you're right. Honestly, I, 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 as daft as it seems, I think when you look around at the amount of people that, that, that say... They, they, they believe they are a better person because of Marcelo Bielsa. I, I think most cases they're right. Like I think most of them are. Mm. Um, and I think it's. I think a lot of it comes down to how numb we've become to the whole thing. You know, I, I said on on Twitter, I was living in America. We'd have four AM kickoffs. I'm just looking up. You know what? I've got a game at nine. I'm not getting up for this. Yeah. There's no need. It will be dreadful. I won't enjoy it, and I'll be tired. And then, and, and you can call me a glory supporter if you want, but that that, that was a, a reasonable decision I think I made there. When it, you know, it wasn't as if it, oh I've got a day off so I can go back to sleep. I was like, no, I've got work. I've, that's that's my priority here. But for, pretty much from the Stoke game onwards, you know, you, you watching that Leeds team, it was unmissable. Yeah. Yeah, if Leeds had the half, tw- like, well, the 12 o'clock kickoff, because we're in the championship, if Leeds had the 12 o'clock kickoff on a Saturday, I would get a message of him at half 11, our time, which is half three in the morning. Yeah. Just saying, oh, I'm just walking down to, I'm just walking down to the bar that I watch game. <laughs> what was it, the Toffee Club or something? Oh, you get, yeah, Toffee Club, it'd be on in Portland. Yeah. And if but, not yeah. there, I'd just, I'd find the stream at home and just be sat in bed. Yeah, but the number of messages every single time we'd be talking about the game half an hour before we kicked off at half three in the morning for you when once Bielsa took over. It was it was brilliant. Mm. It was just so much fun. It, yeah. it made being a Leeds fan fun again. I know we'd had a we had the good season under Monk, but again the football wasn't comparable to that. It no. was just the whole thing that the, the narrative around Leeds have just We've got this. We've gone out and got. The, still, in my eyes now, the best coach in the world of just, you know, the the guy that Pep Guardiola still talks about as as inspirational for him and and, and Pochettino and you know, going, we in the championship have gone out. We've got this guy, and he's looked at these this group of mid table championship players and thought, ah, if you get me one or two extras, I can, I can work with this. Yeah, we've just had a message off Connie saying he's got Bielsa's gone like us too, but glad there's some sort of permanent gesture to him 
like keeping Bielsa away. They have renamed the Peacock. That's only till the end of the season. Yeah. Uh, it's the least he deserved. And he is getting a statue or something as well. Uh, I actually think it's good that the Peacock thing's only till the end of the season because hmm. the Peacock forms it's, it's part a... of Leeds' identity. Yeah. The actual best solution would have been for one of the bars in town to jump on it and call themselves the Bielsa real quick. Hmm. Yeah. Uh, but no, I, I just, I, he, he, it won't be the same. And I hope, I hope Jesse Marsh is so good that we all think, I can't believe I ever doubted this decision. But it's just, it's not going to feel the same. Um, Which, like, obviously everyone says the Stoke game because it was the first one and we weren't expecting it. But other than that, what are the, like, the, the moments and the games that stick out for you for for Bielsa? Um, I, it's so tough to narrow it down. It's the fact we did it the next game against Derby. Mm. That, that you were there going, oh no, okay, so this is this is how we play. This wasn't a fluke. This wasn't just a poor Stoke team. This is us turning up and no, we are just that much better than everyone else now. Yeah. With Samu Saiz wandering around, Samu Saiz and Pablo in a midfield together. God, look at the creativity we have. Um, it's a complete, complete other topic, but I still think there's an argument we've never replaced Saez. <laughs> yeah, he could play in central areas, couldn't he? <laughs> <laughs> um, I think for me, and I agree, I think I saw someone put like, I think it might have been Stoke in the promotion season, like Stoke away when you got Stuart Dallas just bursting through. And I'm pretty sure he was right back for that game. Mm. And, it, and he's just the furthest man forward, running onto a through ball and, and slotting it home. Yeah, that, that uh, through ball was just unbelievably good. But you you just look at so many games. The West Brom at home game with, with us taking the lead after 16 seconds. Mm. Um, the, some of the performances after lockdown or during lockdown, I should say, whether it was sort of turning things, you know, turning the game outside against Fulham in the second half, mm. um, with Pablo with that long ball, I think as, it, as some Fulham fans tried to describe it, it's just a, a hopeful long ball that Jack Harrison ran on to. Yeah. <laughs> um, was it the 30-odd passes we had in the build-up to that goal against Stoke? Yeah. Um, the, the, Which luckily... In the sort of all the goals compilation, I think they put the whole move in that. Yeah. Um, Connie's messages again. Obviously, Connie used to be on this pod. Is always welcome whenever we can, but he's got even less time than we do, and that's why ours is so late because we ain't got any time. He said the Villa game, which I think is a fair shout, but he's also said Man City last year, which is probably the least Bielsa performance we've ever done because we actually put men behind the ball. But that moment at the end was outstanding. I, I actually he, think, when I I'm think thinking he, what is peak Bielsa, when I mean what is peak Bielsa, we actually lost the game. I think it was 4 2. But can you remember we were away at Nottingham Forest? And we were. <laughs> this Forshaw at the back. Yeah, when we were 1 0 down. <laughs> Forshaw had a nightmare of the first half. And in the second half, we went man for man all over the pitch and played Janssen on his own at centre back against probably Graben. 
and just went for it and went 2 1 up. And like Jack Clark came off the bench and scored immediately. And then I think Alioski made it 2 1. And we're there. We've got 2 1 up with 10 men away at Nottingham Forest. Okay, maybe go to two at the back. No. <laughs> Keep going, lads. Push on. And we got beat 4 2. And nobody was mad. Everyone just went, ah, oh, well, that's what, that's what we do. Uh, and it was so Bielsa. It was brilliant. Um, well, the Man, the Man City game as well. I think even Bielsa said after the game, like, do, do not congratulate me for this. The, the players did this. Yeah, the and, players and did it, this. And also, the... Man City completely deserved to win. Yeah, I mean, it, it, <laughs> by the sounds of things, it was it was the de- essentially the defence who went right. This is how we are going to play this. Yeah. Because if we'd have played this like we played that Forest game, <laughs> it'd John have been 12-0. Chomstones Stone, <laughs> might have got a hat-trick in that one. Yeah. Um, there's, there's so many, that even just individual goals that you, that you can just pick out. The, the magic of seeing Click score having been written off the season before, and then he Not goes through. Us. Not by us. No. Hashtag, click, hashtag Click News. <laughs> We were always one of the things we got right. <laughs> love, love Mateus Click, and, and again, that that will go. That will become one of the sad things now. That I, I just look at these players who, and I think I said before, probably at the start, it was either the start of this season or last season. Like, like we could go down I'd, if we could just keep Marcelo and this group of players together. I think I'd be happy just because I like them so much yeah. than, than any other group we've had before. Um, and and it, it, we are getting to that sad stage now, especially under a new manager, where you feel like there's there's probably five or six players in that squad that we're going to take a look at, and they, you know they might be for the chopping block this summer. It's impossible. Um, but you you know just you just you just look at the, some of the games we played and and. The, the absolute quality we showed in the championship at times, I you know, th- I think there's an argument that we, I don't care what the points total says, that we might have been the, the most entertaining championship team that ever been that promotion season. Yeah, like I think Reading have still got the points total, but it wasn't, yeah. it wasn't like the way that we did it. Ali's also messaged us saying, um, when we lost the ball in their half and when their player got to the edge of a penalty oh, area, we had seven players back. Wigan away, I think it was... Um, Josh Windass. Josh Windass, yeah. <laughs> that was pretty brilliant. Bless it. Like, I love that. that the, the still image of just him surrounded by white shirts <laughs> as he's broken away. And it just, you know, they just crowd him out and win the ball back. And he just turns and is like, what, what do you want me to do? Yeah. It was one-on-one one, and now it's one-on-seven all of a sudden. <laughs> Um, the the other one that I do sort of have to mention, and this wasn't even a good performance, but uh, we, you know the two one win away at Norwich earlier this season. Mm. Um, well, that was the day after my mum died, and that game, game, we we were barely able to get through conversations without bursting into tears, like everyone in the family, and then me, my dad, and my brother were able to sit down about. 45 minutes before this game kicked off and start talking about, well, oh, well, they're playing this. So we, because we're 1v1, we'll be in bit. And it, Bielsa, the way he plays and the way he did it, gave us something to really talk about rather than just, oh, I hope we win. 
And that, that, he's that was good. Like... And he's good. And it really... as He always gave you something to look forward to. And I've heard a lot of people say it about lockdown itself. Now, I'm one of the lucky ones. I would say lockdown wasn't particularly tough on me. You know, I, I was working from home. My family's here. They, my parents live five minutes walk away, so I could go stand at the edge of a garden. I could still talk to them. It wasn't particularly tough on me like it was for a lot of people. But I've heard a lot of people say that when it was, and they were really struggling, and they were sick of being in the same four walls, and they were really finding it difficult to deal with, the fact that they could look forward once it once it got to that stage, that they could look forward to a Marcelo Bielsa Leeds team really, really helped them. I know Rob Mulholland talked about how it wasn't the only reason, but it's a big reason for him getting sober. You know, it, it's just There's, such a... It, it transcends say, football. I have to say, um, to, to bring it back to football, the most Leeds United thing was that 2-0 defeat to Cardiff the first game back. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Looking what what we did after that game, <laughs> that brilliant run we went on, and you talk about you know, you know we'd gone months with without football and, and everything had stopped and and you know I I'd come home and wasn't working for you know two three months at that point and then the football comes back and you're like right the season's back on after all this talk of basically Norwich being like now nah, we should we should we should bin off relegation this season yeah <laughs> I'm, I'm still happy to pin all that just on Norwich um, yeah. but. To then come back and you sat there and you're like, right, you know, I was I was at home. And my mum was sat there like, right, football's back. We've got something to look for. Oh Christ, Kiefer Moore is causing us <laughs> problems. <laughs> Just head in hands like I don't know why I cared. Yeah. No, it was like you know, he was saying, oh, you've gone back and watched all the old things. I and I mean, fair play to Sarah for being all right with this. Like, we were sat there in the living room the other day and I had the remote and she was like, oh, is there anything you particularly want to watch? And I didn't even say anything. And I put on all the goals from the promotion season. on YouTube, <laughs> And then immediately all the goals from the first season back in the Premier League. <laughs> so that was like an hour. And I've been watching loads of things like that. I mean, it's you can tell from, obviously, there's a million Leeds podcasts and every single one of them has had the same sentiment that is the best thing that we've seen. Um, I love, I love like, seeing some of the non-footballing things as well. So, sort of one, you know, the the Cal, him hugging Calvin at promotion and and shouting Calvin Carajo. Um, oh god, so, I I actually watched that. The, that was the, that exact video was the reason I had to ask for that little break at work because mm. I I saw that and put it on while I was working. And I went, oh god, I need five minutes here. And then then you've got all the all the Leeds players putting out. That this you know their their statements and things, and bless him, Leaf Davis just putting up the clip of very good Davis. <laughs> That's all it needed. Did not need words. Yeah. Absolutely loved it. And you got you know players like Will Huffer is you know saying, yeah, thank you to this man for for giving me my Leeds United debut. And yeah, because um, most managers wouldn't have. We were allowed an emergency loan. We were allowed down. one. It was within the rules. The club offered him one, and he said, "No, I'll just play Will Huffer." And I believe Arpo Halmy at centre back as well. Yep, it was because I think Calvin had Two to nil. drop in at that point, and <laughs> yeah, 
I'll never forget the Will Huffers debut because he had the matching pink gloves and, and boots as well, which I've got a lot of respect for. Mm. Um, but yeah, just just seeing all these these clips and you know whether it's him leaving his house after we've been promoted, um, it, the pictures of him just walking around Morrison's, sat in Costa ripping up articles that he didn't like. <laughs> like it's great, like he. he it's it's this odd thing of I do not blame any football manager that doesn't go out in public all that often, but because you know you are a public figure, you you are liable to be stopped and things like that. Mm. And he just just went, no, this is this is part of the job. This is you know this is the, the, the people like me, and and they they're the people who essentially pay my wages, so I I should give them some time, you know, if they want me. Yeah. Well, that is one thing that's been different with him compared to all others. He's one of the few who said who sort of puts the fans first and says, "No, this isn't. This is about entertainment as well as results." You know, right from the start, with the you're going to pick up later for three hours because the average person has to work three hours to afford a ticket. So that's how long you're going to do it for. Right from that onwards, to you know, they're giving us their money and their time. They deserve to be entertained. And that's the sort of thing that you would never hear these quote-unquote old-school sort of English-style managers do. They would never they would go, no, it is purely about results. And most of the time, as of the manager, that is true. Because you, if you get results, they're happy. But it was Bielsa that made me realise, I don't think that's 100% true. Like, I don't think... I could watch Leeds now be... I don't think now that I could watch Leeds be Pulis as Stoke or Allardyce's If Richard Keyes had his way and brought Allardyce in. Yeah, you know what I mean? I, could, I mean, Richard Keyes, one, that's one of the only manager names he knows. Uh, but two, I mean, Allardyce with us, nobody's tall. What's he going to do? <laughs> it, it'd be like when Allardyce took over that West Brom team last season yeah. that wasn't set up to play that way. <laughs> I just, I'm good. I am going to, I'm going to miss him in a way that I've never had with football before. I that whole thing when we first got him and we heard about Chile, uh, Chilean football fans calling themselves the widows of Bielsa. I get it now. Yeah, I completely get it. And uh, we we will definitely never get another one like him. No, it, it's that thing of if I go through the the managers in my lifetime who I liked, and admittedly that's a very short list at this point. Um, you know, with even with Grayson, I, I like Grayson. I always felt for Grayson because of his affinity to Leeds and and how much I think being the Leeds manager meant to him. But there probably was a shelf life on that, and the you know. He, under the circumstances as well, you know, he was having his best players sold out from under him. But Grayson also had the the, the allegations of his of his personal life behind the scene, you know, <laughs> going on as well. We weren't doing that well. He kept playing centre mids up like that. Yeah. <laughs> um, I still don't think Connie's ever forgiven him for playing Johnny Douglas there. Yeah. Um, but. You know, as, as much as I liked him, there, there was part of you thought maybe it is time. 
you know. Oh, you say when Grayson when Grayson went, I absolutely didn't think that I was fuming. <laughs> I, I, I'm saying again, under knowing that you you can't say it's it's him or Bates because yeah. Bates is there just to say fuck you to everyone. Yeah. Um. So that that's why I think it was probably time for him to move on because I don't think he was going to be allowed to do much else more than anything. Mm-hmm. But with with Bielsa, it was. I'd, and maybe one day, maybe one day we'll be able to we'll, we'll get an answer as to as to how these last couple of years went with, in terms of transfers and his demands, because you see a mix of people saying, "Well, you know, it's it's Bielsa's choice to have a squad this small," which which is that you know that part is true. So so whether he's he's looked and thought, "Well, I don't want to get rid of this this player, so I'm not going to get anyone else in." Um, mm-hmm. I've seen people say he's let down by the scouting and recruitment, but I don't believe that for a moment just because of how involved I think Bielsa and his team are in yeah. in scouting it... players and things like that. It's, I, I don't think the reason he said no to Lewis O'Brien was because the club couldn't couldn't find someone better, you know, or, or anything like that. Uh, they were just like, well, I'm sure if we look around somewhere, we might find someone, but... You know, the, the, seeing seeing how the club is run in terms of recruitment, you don't. You know, the, I don't think the list was Lewis O'Brien. Who's next? Uh, Jack Watmer at Portsmouth. Um, you, you know, I, th- I think it's a f- between the club and Bielsa staff. I, th- I think the resources were there, and I think I think I think the scouting was probably quite good. It was it was striking that balance between what Bielsa wanted and what the budget could handle. Yeah, I think the the truth on who, you know, whether we did offer them the players and he turned them down or the players, the the club wouldn't spend it. I think the truth is probably somewhere in the middle. It always is. But I do think that the club are a bit skint this year. They sort of admitted it. And I do think that that was probably a big issue. But you've only got about 10 minutes before you have to rush off. That's why we're so late this week, by the way. Just one of them weeks. This this forty five minutes is like the only time that we're available at the same time all week. So you probably because you've been out all day today, haven't seen the press conference. But what are your early impressions of Jesse Marsh? I, I did see the comments for him, um, and you know what? So far, I like him. I, I think everything he said is entirely reasonable. Um, I think in terms of the style of football I expect us to play, it's going to be of a similar standard. You know, I don't think it's going to be as maybe not quite as intense. I think it's, might... it's a weird one that because it's intense in a different way. It's, in, it's intense, but I think it's more focused in terms, mm. instead of just you all press all the time, man for man. I think the talk is of pressing the ball yeah. So so it's focusing on the, the area of the pitch where the ball is. So you know, he's even said I think he's he's kind of ditched the man for man philosophy that he had at at one time. Yeah, he um, has said that it will not be man for man, which is good because I love the man for man system. I loved it when it's when it's at its best. It's amazing, but we just don't have the players to do it anymore mm. compared to the teams around us. It just didn't want to work, so it had to go really. Um, one I would say I would recommend. Um, I don't know if it's a Patreon exclusive one or not, 
but either way, I'll recommend it because you should sign up to it. Uh, the old stats, aren't we, lads? I think it was Josh and John McKenzie did it, sort of looking at Jesse Marsh's tactics at Salzburg and Leipzig and what he did and what worked, what didn't. And it was quite a good listen. But the main thing was, obviously, we talked about it being a ball-oriented press. You know, as soon as you lose the ball, counter-press, go on, try and win it back while they're trying to transition into an attacking that's when you go but it was also very vertical the football and that's I have seen bits of Jesse Marsh teams but not enough to say it but from everything I've read and from this fair stuff you know it's like get the, you they will pass it around the back a bit but where our movement was try and get it up the wing and if it went inside it was to go back outside now it's more aiming inside that's where your bodies are and then one you're attacking directly through the middle. And two, if you do lose the ball, you're already you're losing it in the middle with your bodies there to counter press. So it's it's very different. They'll still be having to press, they'll still be having to run hard. But once you're not man marking, it's sort of it just it, I'm sure it must reduce the total amount of running you have to do. Because if, you're, to worry if about, your man stops, it? you can just drop into a shape. And you can just have a minute, which you could never do under Bielsa. Yeah, um, and I think, and sort of highlighted by by Spurs' first goal, like in terms of the, the man marking, there was part of you just wished that, that that there was maybe a line in which we engaged that man marking, because yeah. I think at times it was when you saw. Pascal strike following a striker up to the halfway line. As as much as as much as I hate it when the pundits are right, it it was one of those things you go, no, our centre back is being pulled out of position, and we're not just dropping someone else in because they've still got their job to do, and because they've still got their man. And if, for example, that man is a centre mid that's going to run into that striker spot, and Adam Forshaw's chasing him, and the guy is a lot faster than Adam Forshaw. Hmm. There's not really a great the system's already broken at that point, and that is the situ- That is unfortunately the position we'd got into. Everyone, yeah. everyone knew how to score goals against us. It's why even our good performances like Villa end up three three, because they only had to play well for fifteen minutes. Yeah, um, but I, you know, I, I'm looking forward to seeing seeing what he does with this group of players. Yeah. There is part of me. That is so desperate for him to play Rodrigo and Tyler Roberts up front together. Just... Uh, I'm I'm honestly thinking that that will be what happens. Because after all this, all the cries for Joffy to come in, and I think a lot of people thinking that he's going to give these players a chance from the off. I just think it'd be really funny if it was if basically his response is lol Tyler Roberts. Mm-hmm. Um I am. I have no idea because we'll sort of move on to this. Will not be a proper preview of Leicester. We haven't had time to sort one out, and we've only got about five minutes now. Um, I have no idea what formation we're going to play. His favourite is a four triple two, but so he might do that. But it's sort of weird because I keep looking at it going. I think that might happen, but I also look at our team and think. We are not set for two up front at the minute. Bamford is back in training, he's recovered from it, and it was basically that plantar fascia that everyone thought it was, but he'd torn it apparently, so it was really bad. He's back in training, but maybe he might get on the bench, but I wouldn't be thinking he will be. 
Um, I sort of Josh Hobbs said this on their on the All Stats Aren't Weird podcast, but I was thinking it beforehand, to be honest. Um, three four three with wing backs is what I would be looking at our yeah, squad. Yeah, I was going to say he has he has played. I think I saw it as more as a three four one two. Mm. Um, so it definitely give you with our squad. Yeah, I think it definitely provides a level of defensive coverage. Yeah. And while um, we're getting used to this new system, having the extra body back there is probably not the worst thing. Yeah. Because um, I think I think in terms of... It, it, it would be interesting whether he goes for wing-backs or he has Dan James and, and Jack Harrison, for example, tracking as, as wingers. Um and you and then you know whether you play Ailing as a as a right sided centre back or if you do go with Ailing and Furpo still as your full backs. Mm. Um that's one of the things I was because uh, he said you rent is out prob for tomorrow. Is it tomorrow? No, Saturday. So yeah. I'm losing all my days. But um I I was thinking like a three four three with sort of a back three of Ailing on the right, Cock, Strauch. And then, like, Dallas right wing back, Furpo left wing back. Yeah. Um, that, that, yeah, I'd, I'd quite, I'd be quite interested to see that. And then my only issue <laughs> then is, again, you're probably looking at your central, central midfield as being click and for sure. Yeah. Which, it kind of suit for sure. It doesn't suit click. No. Um, like I, th- I, th- I think Phillips and Forshaw is the two if everyone's fit. Yeah. I, I, I won't... I haven't seen enough lately in the 23s to say, or oh, Phillips and Bate yet. But, well, I mean, Lewis Bates just next level. Yeah, the... um, It's, it's an odd one because the other thing is your wingers in this formation aren't wingers. They come really inside. Which Rafinha's so good that I don't think it'll matter that much. I think he can still get on the ball. He can still beat a man as an inside forward who's quite narrow. Your your widest players are your fullbacks, and they're not even that wide normally in the marsh team. Mm. Um, that which is why I think Dan James will get the nod over Harrison because Harrison is a go stand on the wing, be really wide player. I think he could prove to be the loser in all of this unless we play the back three. And he ends up being the left wing back. Mm. And I know that I have now been saying I think Jack Harrison's going to end up being a left wing back. I've now been saying it for about three years, but I still think it's true that long term that is eventually what's going to happen. It'd be interesting because again, Rafini is another one where if it if it is a three four three or three four one two, Rafini again will be the shout to to play as your ten. In, in a 3 4 one, 2 he would. That's why I think we're more likely a 3 4 3 with sort of two behind a one. Because that gives yeah. him the ability to go wide a bit and still come inside. To do whatever he wants. Yeah, I am. Um, I do. Would, what, would you, what would you have as you two behind then, Rod, uh, Rafinha and Rodrigo? At the minute, I'd probably be. If, at the minute, I'd probably say Rafinha and James. And then Rodrigo up top if we played that formation. 
Mm. If Bamford's fit, then I think it's Rafinha and Rodrigo and Bamford up top. But again, it, it, it's also then if we do go into a four triple two, or he sometimes does it with like a, a diamond in midfield. So like four Jeez. two four Jesus. one two one two. Oh no, I've seen um, enough of diamonds in my lifetime. It won't be Bianchi. <laughs> it won't uh, be Bianchi. It won't be Norris. Yeah, it'll, it would be a better one. But either way, that then, if we play one of the formations before the back, it's probably two up top. So who do you think should two? I would really like it to be Galhart. Hmm. And I honestly, I, I think there would be something there for... I think some of Rodrigo's best performances have been when he's essentially played off Bamford. Mm. That that Bamford basically does the legwork, but in possession, Rodrigo it allows Rodrigo to be quite creative and, and yeah. drop into gaps. Then, um, so I, I'd, I'd quite like to see him and Gelhart mm. as 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 a top two. Um, and again, just just have Gelhart be. A not quite as good version as Patrick Bamford. Yeah, the th- the thing with um, like honestly, if they play them two, I think it ends up Gelhart off Rodrigo rather than and the other way around. But the weird th- the thing that uh, Gelhart could be interesting for is if we are playing really narrow, and you know just getting the ball forward quickly, not long aerial balls, but getting it forward quickly. If you if you narrow, there's not much space, and who's probably got the best feet in tight spaces in the entire squad. It's Rafinha and Gelhart. Mm. So I would be interested to see him. Wait, we have hit a time where KC has to rush away. Uh, so we'll just meetings, get in. Yeah. Coaching the youth of tomorrow, getting them to play Today. man for man. Man for man all over the pitch. Um, so all we'll do is uh, Leicester away, half 12. What do you reckon? 2 0 win. It's the, new, it's the new manager effect. You always win your first game with the new manager. Yeah. I'm gonna always. say one, I'm gonna say one apiece. And I think it's gonna be weird. I think we're gonna have spells of 20 minutes where we're really good and spells of 20 minutes where we're getting battered. And it, while they try to get used to things. Yeah. But they're they're so, still sort of having to cope without Johnny Evans and Jamie Vardy. Vardy came back in the last game. He scored off the bench. Oh, bollocks. <laughs> in fact, he scored one set one up, come to think of it, in a 2-0 win. But they beat Burnley, and that's good for us. Yeah, you know what? I'm going to stick with my prediction, despite yeah. that. Johnny well, Evans didn't come back, did he? I don't believe so. That's all right. Right, well, uh, that'll do us for episode 144. We will miss you, Marcelo Bielsa. I can't end with uh, Sunshine on Leaf as I was going to because it turned <laughs> out that the All Stats Out We guys did the exact same thing. So, uh, yeah, that'll do us. I've been Jack. See ya. I've been Casey. Have a good one. In a bit. Gracias, Bielsa. <laughs> <laughs>